Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Bill Roden on Sports. I'm here at an undisclosed location, upstate New York, you know, squirreled away. And uh, here with a uh, co-host, the great Jamal Murphy, down in uh, Brooklyn, holding it down. Up, oh, Murph. It's been a, it's been a long uh, day so far, you know. I was supposed to be in Connecticut right now, but uh, somebody hit my car. Unreal. Uh, oh. Yeah. Unreal. As, I was pa- as I'm packing my stuff in the trunk, I look around and say, what's going on over there? And uh, the whole front left side is is uh, destroyed. Ah, uh, terrible. So, you know. Well, I hope you got insurance, like Chris Rock said, in case <laughs> it happens. Exactly. And that's I S H, so you don't have to. Uh, <laughs> exactly. You don't have to get to that part. <laughs> no, no, no editing needed. Right no there. editing needed. <laughs> we're sorry to hear about that. Bro. That's all good. At least, at least we're all we're all healthy and safe. So that's all good. Uh, and of course, uh, the great Aaron Matthewson holding down Harlem USA. Was, going on, Aaron? Just trying to keep it cool. I was just telling Jamal I need another uh, AC unit in my apartment because it's like it's hot. It's not a game out here. It is hot. And of course, we've got the great Josina Anderson, <laughs> uh, star of stage and screen, uh, just, you know, an icon, a legend, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, uh, former track extraordinaire, just, but just a great, 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 outstanding journalist uh, in an undisclosed location. Josina, what's happening? I'm good. I appreciate it. You know, y'all just need to mix in the reggae horns to really lift up the, you know, the hype intros for there everybody, you, you know? Yeah, we, well, we, when we get a budget. When we get a budget? <laughs> hey, listen. When we get a spot. I understand the zero budget thing, so <laughs> totally get it. That's all right. We can, we right. can do it with voice effects. Well, right now we said, uh, is Josina great? Is she really great? <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway. See, I got my, this is our sound today. Oh, there you go. There you go. See? From Amazon. <laughs> Amazon effects. There you go. Right there. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, Josina, how you doing, dear? I'm good. I appreciate it. You know, God is good. Uh, we're still doing our thing. Um, you know, obviously in the midst of a transition, um, but moving forward, um, without obviously getting into the specifics, my ethos will be, um, that you are not who pays you. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, uh, the nothing stops anybody's skill set. Oh. And I do believe in the midst of this renaissance that we are in right now, um, from African-American standpoint, um, that the operative word is ownership. Absolutely. Can't and freedom. That. And yes. freedom, yes. you know, you're, you're, you won't really realize how free you are because, you know, we, we're not going into a whole lot of deep dives. We work with all these corporations and sometimes you, you, you're so attached to it that when you're finally free, it's, it's almost like emancipation. It took, it took a lot of the enslaved people a couple of years and damn, I'm free. <laughs> <laughs> I'm free. Now, what do I do with all this? Freedom, you know, so which mm-hmm. free, so that's that's great. Well, can't wait to, you know, I mean, the sky is the limit, you know, right. uh, you know, sky is the limit. You got so many skills, 
so much talent, so many enormous. I would pay billions of dollars for your Rolodex. Right. Well, I need you as my agent. You know what I'm saying? So we just go ahead and raise up that price and make you know anything <laughs> over seven figures happen. Well, I'm open to that too. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Anybody right. want to cash app that can do that too. <laughs> <laughs> speak, speak, speaking of that, I mean, there's so much we want to talk to you about. First of all, just how have you been during this whole? Uh, I guess from March until. Now in March, when the stuff really hit the fan, how have you been? What how have you been maintaining? Um, I would say it's definitely been an internal journey. Um, you know, a lot has been obviously going on in my life. It, you know, obviously things you know came out, but there are things that I knew way before things came out. So, um, uh, in the span of the pandemic, span of um, just you know uh, the last twelve months, but. I guess concentrating it down to the period that you ask of the pandemic, I would say it's been a, a definitely a personal internal journey, spiritual journey, um, as far as you know, just spending a lot of time uh, by myself, as most global citizens are right now, and um, you know, just kind of getting to learn yourself a little bit more um, from a spiritual standpoint. Um, within the midst of, you know, family relationships as people are going through the pressures of, you know, that COVID has brought, which in and of itself is a very profound thing that, you know, something that we can't even see with the naked eye, you know, could, could cause so much change um, in people's lives. And, um, and just also, I would say, kind of wrapping that up in a more like central theme would just be the importance of self-care. Um, you know, I didn't really realize how much I, I mean, it's like, I, for obviously I know how much I was traveling, which is almost flying and traveling at least twice a week, maybe spending three days in my house a week and maybe and no more than one and a half days at a time. And how much I was traveling until I had to, you know, stop. Right. And um, so, um Forcing myself to start off the day as best as I can in meditation and prayer before I even um, demonstrate any attachment to my electronics. And that's still a struggle because when I wake up, it's still my first instinct to grab my phone. And I, I try not to do it, but it's so hard because I'm, I'm such a news and information person naturally, not just because of my job, but um, that's how I naturally am. And, um, and I think, you know, we're not just a reflection of what we eat, but what we consume period. And if I can start the day off in 15 minutes of, you know, meditation, prayer or whatever, and also just really realizing how much, how powerful, you know, the brain is, um, and the importance of, you know, just calming down the internal self, um, and also the importance of, um, you know, obviously connecting to, um, you know, for me, it would obviously be God and, um, and, you know, just overall wellness, um, in terms of taking care of my nutrition, taking care of, you know, exercising and everything and, you know, really trying to purposefully have create and manifest positive energy, um, and what my energy is going to be for the day, because it's like so many things come at me in a day from a life standpoint, obviously a transition that I'm going through 
dealing with other people that it really can just affect how you respond and things you do on a minute to minute basis. And so for me, that's really what has been so much of this uh, period during the pandemic. Hmm. So in other words, you're, I was going to say you're doing well. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so, I'm trying to, you know, slow, you know, slow down. um, And, um, you know, I would say work on getting, you know, being more balanced. Um, You know, there's a lot of stress to ripping and running. And just because I was so capable of doing it and I was performing doing it, doesn't mean that I wasn't incurring an internal impact as a result. Right. And it's not really something that you fully see until you stop, 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 stop. Um, and so um, it's, it, it's, it's real, it, it requires a lot of mental fortitude to go through this transition, which I do believe that I possess, but I'm still human. Um, and at this, and at the same time, it's like it's almost something that you like. At least for me, that I have to like curate daily. You know what I'm saying? In order to maintain an equilibrium, in order to accomplish the things that I'm trying to accomplish, from my plan A all the way to my plan Z. And what I mean by that is that, you know, you, we can have faith about a lot of things, and we should. You know, but ultimately through everything that's going on, I have to wait on, um, you know, the answer from God, which could be yes, no, maybe not now, whatever. Um, And I was just talking to a friend about this. Like, I remember when I was in Denver, I never thought I would be at the Fox in Denver for six years. I never thought it was going to take that long. Sorry. And um, but I said, you know, the year that I that I finally left Denver and went to ESPN was like around the same time that Tebow was joining the team. And then like consequently after that, you know, the Peyton Manning thing and who was like a central embedded figure for that for ESPN I, was me because, you know, I was the Denver expert. And so what it did, even though I was like, why did it take six years? That sixth year was perfect timing because it created a smoother transition. Make sure I plug in my laptop right as I transitioned from Fox and Denver to ESPN. And so what I'm saying is, even though, you know, um, and I'm trying not to go all the way into this, but even though I don't, you know, necessarily from a macro standpoint, understand the timing of things happening for me, quote unquote, right before this black renaissance started. Right. And now obviously there's benefits to, you know, being there in the midst of a black renaissance with a lot of the things that I was pointing out behind the scenes for years. Um, you know, I'm in the midst of understanding my timing and why, you know, kind of God has me off the ship at this time and working from the outside in now, so to speak. And all of that takes, you know, a lot of time to process, you know, in a, in a space of wellness that you daily have to curate in order to, you know, like hold the uh, internal fortitude to carry out whatever it is that you have to do every day. Right. I mean, a time of reflection. I think a lot of and me personally, I'm definitely going through that uh, now with all this time, you know, quote unquote off. Um, and I think a lot of people are doing that right now. You know, you know, uh, just again, I mean, you, you, you did, you, you were with uh, ESPN for nine years mm-hmm. and you were actually uh, kind of a legendary figure. 
uh, for those be- nine years. I a mean, beast. You, yeah, you were breaking stuff. I mean, we we were, you know, we've been in the locker room together a lot. I remember when we were, remember when Russell Wilson, remember we were standing together in New England. Uh, and uh, that's when I first realized how spiritual and religious you were. We were in New England, and remember that's when Russell Wilson threw the Hail Mary? Yes, I remember. And we were like, whoa. And yep. we went into a, a very brief but intense religious kind of thing, but religiosity. And I, said, I oh, felt I, it in the game. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah. talking to you about that, that that's what I, I felt it in the game, that that's what was happening for him. And yeah. so even though it looked really insurmountable, it, you know, you just kind of, and, you know, when you're in the midst of, you know, something supernatural too, and you have discernment, you can feel it around others. You can sense it, you know, sometimes you're not always perfect in detecting that because we do have like a, obviously a human lens and filter. But um, I do remember being at that game with you and, um, and sensing that for him. And obviously we know he's, you know, very, at least from what he projects, you know, much into that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I say that to say, uh, again, you're not with ESPN and, 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 you know, as one, I spent 27 years at one place at the New York Times. And I, I can tell you that um, it, uh, it's not something that you, trans- you know, it's not an overnight thing. It's like anything else. It just takes, it takes a minute, you know, it takes a minute with, with these big corporations. And like I said, you said, you said something very profound is that you're not who pays you. I forgot what you said. You said something oh, you're like, not who pays you. Yeah, yeah. And I think that the, the liberation and the freedom comes as the further you get away from that thing, you realize that it's about you, you know, uh, it, it's, it's all the stuff you did and, and are going to do. You're only like, you're barely 40, you're like 41 years. I mean, there's so much. St- I'm sorry. <laughs> I said 38. I said 34. You can edit. Jamal, you can edit. I'll that. edit that out. <laughs> Or you can put that in. <laughs> no, no, no. Just, just don't even know. That won't even. We don't discuss. What, what you're saying is she's a very young woman. That's what she's a saying. young. She's a she's a young woman with a whole lot of life and right. career ahead of her. So, uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, let, let me let's we gracefully trip into something else. There's so much, but can let's just start with Cam, sure. and then we can work our way into some bigger stuff. But just your thoughts about about Cam in New England. Well. Um, Many times, you know, during the free agency period um, on television, um, I did say that I felt like, you know, of the teams that were out there, and this was at the time that Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton were all available as well, that I was saying I thought the best match and fit for Cam Newton was New England. And I said that because when I think about um, Cam's demeanor, um, you know, some of what I sensed, and this is just my feeling, not anything that he's told me, um, but kind of loss of spirit and joy with, you know, some of the last games dealing with the injuries, sensing, you know, whatever he was sensing uh, from internally within the organization, um, his manner of, you know, playing the game at times and how he approaches the line of scrimmage in between, you know, the huddle and the snap and all that other stuff, just certain things that I've, you know, critiqued about his game, even at times too, that I just felt like 
going to New England and the way that they run things and that type of structure would fit, you know, the things that are his flaws, his weakness or areas where he could be strengthened to and benefit off of that. Um, and, you know, I know some people got on me on Twitter cause they're, you know, I put up some tweet and they're like, Oh, you said it wasn't going to happen. Or you were trying to intimate that the Patriots were whatever. And basically what I was saying, I, I, I tweeted, I said, have the, have the Patriots signed Cam Newton yet? And I believe I tweeted that out in April. Um, and if you realize at that time, free agency had more than transpired, Cam Newton had been on the market. And even after that tweet, uh, it took an additional two months or whatever for the Patriots to even sign Cam. So he's been available for a while. (laughs) So just because they eventually ended up signing him doesn't mean that he hasn't been available for a long (laughs) period of time. Um, And I do think that he should emerge as the starter. um, If all goes according to the skill set that we know Cam Newton has, Um, he clearly factually, statistically, not my opinion, in black and white, has the most experience on the team, has the best quarterback record, and is the only one to uh, have played uh, and starred in a Super Bowl. Um, so all of those things, assuming that his shoulder, his foot stay intact, you know, it, it, and he learns the playbook in a way that they feel is right, um, he should be successful. You know, I, I look at this like, looking at the Patriots, I'm like, wow, they, they got over again. One million base salary, 550000 guaranteed. I think he has a maximum amount that it could be is $7.5 million in incentives, you know, with incentives. Um, how, how did the Patriots do this? How did they pull it off? How did they do it again? Well, he essentially didn't have, you know, that big of a market. Um, and, um, you know, at the time that Carolina decided that they were going to go to Teddy Bridgewater or what have you, um, you know, they made that decision. There are a lot of teams that already feel like they have their quarterback situation figured out. Um, Washington, I think, could have been a logical destination for him, even though they have uh, Kyle Allen. Um, you know, the, the, the age between him and um, Dwayne Haskins, I think both of them are like 24 and under mm. or like 23 and whatever it is. And not much, you know, play experience between those two. So, but, you know, we all know that Daniel Snyder is very fixated on wanting Dwayne Haskins to um, have success. And they already had Kyle Allen. So it just, you know, wasn't a fit there. And, and it, historically, the Patriots are really good at sitting back, waiting, and, you know, getting top talent at a discount price um, and surveying the market, um, having that resources to be able to find out how it's going on for him so that they can, you know, pounce in at the right time. Right. And what about the Boston fan Cam Newton dynamic that, you know, a lot of people when this first happened, that's the first thing that you, you saw on Twitter in terms of, Oh, you know, how's this going to play out with the, you know, Boston historically racist uh, town with a high profile black QB who is anything but shy um, and, and doesn't keep his mouth shut. How do you see that mixing in? Or is it even an issue? Well, I definitely, you know, I understand what you're getting at as far as the comment that you're making. I, I would clean that up and say, you know, anyone listening to this podcast that, you know, not intimating that clearly everybody is, you know, certainly you can have a mix of 
um, you know, people that have their feeling on different, you know, race, races and creeds, um, regardless of where you are geographically. Right. But, you know, specific to the Boston market, I would just say even before Cam was signed and, you know, he was being discussed as a potential prospect for them. I thought what people were more focusing on was, oh, but Jarrett Stidham, Jarrett Stidham. How could you say we have Jarrett Stidham and Jarrett Stidham and Jarrett Stidham? And it's just like, yes, you know, and you can understand that he has a lot of potential and the time that they've already put into him and seeded into him, you know, for understanding the offense and, you know, potentially, you know, being the guy in this transition of, you know, Tom Brady leading. But side by side comparison, Cam is just Cam. And that's why when I spoke to Mohammed Sanu, like right after the uh, news broke, I mean, you, he couldn't hide, and I tweeted about this, he couldn't hide his giddiness because it's, it's, it's just Cam and it's just, it is what it is. And if all things go the way it should look on paper, this shouldn't even be a question. Right. They could go undefeated. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, I thought the same thing when they got uh, Antonio Brown. Uh, I saw, what's my man's name? Um, you know, you know, uh, Oh, Hall of Famer, you know, golly, you know, uh, offensive defensive lineman for Tampa Bay uh, back in the day. Sap. Mm-hmm. I, I ran the war Sap somewhere down. And, and shortly, and, yeah, Warren, I, I, I mean, it was so random. He, he, I said, man, what the hell are you doing here in New York? Mm-hmm. And, but, but Antonio just gone to New England. And we laughed at him, man, he, they may not lose a game. You know, <laughs> but that's the same kind of thing. Man, they may, we both laugh because, man, potentially – they could go undefeated, you know. Uh, then, of course, things happen. But the same thing with with this guy, with Cam. You know, uh, if he's healthy, if he's healthy, it's over. <laughs> you know, and I, I and I find myself. I always like Cam, but I find I don't know how you feel. I do find myself pulling for him, right? For a lot well, of reasons. I feel that um, you know he is at somewhat of a disadvantage um, from the standpoint of not having the, the duration of a normal off season to learn the playbook. Um, you know, uh, this COVID assimilation that all these players are going to have to do is going to make things different. Um, and I really think that, you know, he should, and McDaniels will probably, I mean, obviously they want to make use of his legs too, but find a way to really pick apart this offense and be able to just stay in the pocket so he can increase his longevity uh, in the league. Right. Um, so that's what Jared Stidham will have over him as far as, you know, from day one, his knowledge of the system, um, and a little bit more experience with some of the guys on the roster. Um, but for sure, I mean, there are similarities that I think I feel like I see with myself and what, you know, I, um, am going through and what, you know, Cam is going through, um, or went through. So, you know, um, you know, you have, you have a certain resume, you feel a certain way about yourself as you should. And, you know, he had to kind of go through this, you know, period of, of waiting and, um, you know, and, and, and also having to deal with, you know, people who enjoyed him being in this period too, (laughs) you know, you you have to deal, you have to deal with that. Um, and, you know, so I'm happy to see him, you know, seem really happy. I saw that thinking he was on TMZ or whatever, you know, you know, looking happy about the opportunity, saying it's, you know, it's not about the money, even though Richard Sherman said he felt like, you know, the amount that he's getting paid is ridiculous. And I saw people making the comparisons between combining the salaries of um, 
Cam Newton and uh, Jameis Winston and saying, wow, Chase Daniel is making more than the two of them combined. You know, that's a whole nother subject. But yes, I mean, it would be nice to see him, you know, do well and, and prevail. Anybody who's a working person, American, global citizen, whatever, you know, whenever you're um, you move on from your past employer, you know, you always want to, you know, show yourself, you know, improved. Christina, just piggybacking off of the COVID stuff, do you know how Cam feels about, the, you know, this NFL season playing amidst the pandemic? And also, I'm wondering, how do you think he's going to play with Belichick? Like, do you think they're going to mesh? Um, well, I just going off of his words, I, I think that he's looking at it as an opportunity to just, you know, prove himself because that's what he said, you know, um, and so even though it's not the most ideal circumstances in terms of, you know, safety, um, I think he's hungry to play. And that's a separate conversation as to whether we think there should be a season. Um, and then to the second part of your question, as far as how do I think he'll mess with Belichick, I think it's going to be a major adjustment for him. Um, I think it's going to be a big adjustment for him. I think his rapport with Ron Rivera is going to be night and day with Bill Belichick. That will be an adjustment. Um, he's going to have to tighten up on his, on everything. Um, and not saying he wasn't tight already and not saying that I was there every day at the Panthers facility, but I can just gather that, you know, the Patriot way is going to be different than it was, you know, for him in Carolina. Um, and, but it's, it, but if he embraces that, I think it could be very beneficial for him. Yeah, I wanted to ask you that sort of big picture. Do you think there's going to be a season? I mean, we're we we we've, you know we've you know we're talking about all these things, and uh, I'm looking at this stuff, and I mean it's not clear to me, you know that uh, you know you talk about the NBA, talk about a three month bubble, and and all this stuff, and this stuff is really serious. I'm just, what do you think? I mean, what's your what's your what is your gut? I tell definitely you? think that the NFL is going to try because they want to be at the forefront of showing that they can make it work. So they're definitely going to try. So that part, I think, is 100%. Now, whether um, they successfully sustain the season, whether it's delayed, whether they have a partial season, you know, all of those things remain to be seen. And then even that is still separate from whether they should have a season, um, Malcolm Jenkins recently made a comment on CNN saying that he doesn't think that, you know, NFL players are essential workers and that they don't, we don't, they don't need to have this season. Um, and I do believe that, um, you know, just like Richard Sherman said to me and I tweeted, and I also agree with him that, you know, social distancing and football don't go together. You just cannot right. do that. So all of these protocols that they're doing, and I just was also tweeting about the call that the NFLPA just um, four hours ago, four or five hours ago, had with the players um, that, you know, you can come up with all these protocols, but at the end of the day, the offensive linemen have to be an inch from each other Sunday. You have to be, the center has to be, um, the quarterback has to be under center. You have to tackle people. You have to exchange sweat. We're covering our nose. We're covering our mouth. But 
at the end of the day, we still have, you know, pores on our body. The skin is still an organ, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and there's a lot of aspects of this that they still don't know as far as transmission. Um, and then my question still is, and I'm still waiting for a clear answer. Um, everyone's talking about the tests. The, the test results still have to be accurate, which I've been lamenting on my Twitter page. And then on top of that, you know, how frequently are you getting these results? And then I'm also curious how the American public will feel about that, because I think most people who get a COVID test are waiting about three days or so right now, I think, or so. And so for football players to be able to have the ability to get their test results so much quicker and all this other stuff, um, if that's even the case, you know, I just think it's inevitable that you're going to have, you know, a a very um, disturbing spread at, at some point. And it's still up to local leadership as to whether, um, you know, they're going to create some type of obstruction to the season. I think that particularly could more likely be the case in um, in a democratic state, you know, like of California, where they would be seemingly just based off of history, more apt to, you know, look at what's going on with the spread of the virus and potentially shut down large gatherings. Whereas we know based on his own words, you know, um, the president has expressed an eagerness for sports to go on. Um, and there've been, you know, more concessions and, you know, states, you know, with people of leadership that have the same ideology as him. How do you feel, uh, you know, for one, I think this, this time is great with no sports because we've really been focused. I mean, as a nation, just think if there were games going on in NBA, we probably would not be talking about a lot of stuff we're talking about now. I mean, we are, we are lasered in on all these issues, like straight no chaser. And my fear is sort of like now we start getting back. That's why the president wants games. So people kind of like veer over here. Now I want to stay right here. But speaking of, how do you feel about um, the Washington nickname? You know, many of us have been beating that drum about changing that stuff for years. Seems like the time has come right with the Confederate flag, you know, NASCAR, take it out. And when I saw Jefferson, uh, uh, what is it, Robert E. Lee? When I saw that go down, I said, wait a minute, Robert E. Lee goes down to Richmond. The Washington name's got to go. You know, mm-hmm. what, what, what's, what, what's your thought about that? Well, um, I would say first and foremost, my opinion should definitely, you know, be deferential or and is to the Native American community. I personally... Um, would, you know, want to hear from what they have to say. And I know that, you know, the community has been engaged at various times through this controversy, but given where we are currently right now with where, um, you know, the tide swelling on social issues, I think, and I just tweet obviously this today, I think it's important to get their current perspective given where we are now in society and how they feel. And it would be just like if it were a, a moniker that offended, you know, black people, um, you know, and I know in the press release, the Washington Redskins, as their name now, said that they had a con- they've been having conversations with the league, um, you know, and it's like you need to engage the Native American community first and get their opinions first before y'all are even having, you know, this conversation back and forth between the organization and Park Avenue So that would be that. And then secondarily, as far as my opinion, I think, um, you know, 
assuming that a majority of them or leadership within their community feels like this is something that they, you know, should change and it, it is derogatory, then, you know, I'm, you know, right there with that. And it is outside of hearing that, that would be my instinct that it needs to be uh, changed. And even though in 2013, Daniel Snyder said he'd never changed the name, I just think the time has come. And I think that he should do it in a transparent way. I think he should engage the community while he's doing it and just make it a community thing. Like don't just hide behind, you know, closed door conversations with the league. Have, you could even have a town hall. You, right. you, know, you could make it where you're really embracing the community and then actually, you know, have something blossom off of that, that, you know, like creates this energy that then goes back into your organization that goes back into the community. And, and you should, so it, it actually should be something that actually brings them together. Yeah. Do you have, is it, is it an issue you ever hear from, from players? Like you ever talk to players and find that they have an issue that they bring up the issue with the name or not so much? No, um, I mean, I reached out to a few to just kind of get quotes to tweet out and, I can tell like nobody really wants to talk about it. I just think one, um, it's a sensitive topic and they don't want to say the wrong thing. Right. And then two, traditionally, this is just this time in these few weeks where players just kind of focus down with their families and their personal time before they have to come back to NFL anyways. Um, so it's, uh, it's, um, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a little bit difficult for them, you know, to talk about in that sense. Um, but clearly they'll be asked about it once everybody, you know, returns. Um, but in a different way, since we're expecting virtual media for the season this year, not the same way. <laughs> let me ask you that too. Let me, let me ask you about that. Like, so, the, you know, the difference with the, you know, with the pandemic um, creating, you know, they're not going to be as many media members. And I was, th- I was thinking about this in, in terms of basketball, because they've broken down, you know, that they're only going to have 10 media members there and everything is on Zoom. And obviously there's no, there's no locker room access. How would that affect you? Um, what would be the difference in the stories you think you could get um, from being in the locker room to, to now having to do it, you know, either on the phone or, you know, Zoom questions and all that? Um. Like I was saying before, as I try to, um, you know, process the timing of certain things that have, you know, happened with me. Um, um, and sometimes you don't get a full realization and understanding of why things happen until much later. But as you're asking me the question today and what I think it has to do with today or part of it is I do think that it will present a benefit to me. Um, because just in the way that I worked as an insider and, um, how I go about my journalism business in general, um, you know, I don't need locker rooms to operate. Um, I pretty much have everybody's number, um, and whoever I don't have, I can get to. And so in an environment where it will be kind of more group sound and things like that, um, should be a situation that um, I should be actually able to take advantage of. Um, I think that is why, as I was saying at the beginning of this uh, of y'all's program, um, ownership is you know very important. Um, and just kind of going back to um, going back to you know what I was saying at the beginning of this again, without trying to get into too 
um, you know, much specifics, but, you know, I feel like one of the things that um, in general bothers me um, about the sports industry as it is, or even with how I, um, you know, is being utilized in general is that, you know, Sunday is the main day for uh, football in the sport. And um, as blessed as I was for my role and all these other things, you still barely saw me on Sunday. You know what I'm saying? And I am, you know, obviously, and have worked my way up to be with, you know, blessings and whatever, all this other stuff being, you know, a, a, a preeminent voice in what I do. And so what I think it should be and, and, and prayerfully should, you know, come out to is that, you know, now I should have, you know, all the voice in the world, (laughs) you know, coming on whenever I want, you know, talking to whoever I want, being on for however long I want, having the conversation go, you know, where I want it to go, not just, you know, asking sports people about sports. If I want to ask an activist, if I want to ask a comedian, if I want to ask an actor, whoever else, we don't have to stay on sports. You, you could be a sports person. We could talk about this, you know, whatever it is, all of the things that I think that, and all that we all think that we can do even outside of the borders of what, um, our role or our jobs, you know, are. Um, so in that way, that is what I hope, you know, is part of the timing, you know, for me and to, prayerfully be an example to anybody watching, you know, what I'm going through to know, um, just like anyone else who's gone through it, um, you know, that, you know, it's, it starts, you know, with our voice, it starts with our skill set, um, you know, period. And, and, and like I said, you're not who pays you. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah I mean, you're free. I mean, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're so free to do, uh, to go beyond. I mean, <clears throat> you're kind of shackled. You were kind of shackled in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're unshackled. It's now it's just a matter of wow. that transition and how do you put this stuff together to really be free to get beyond the realm of sports mm-hmm. and play into, you know, we, we did the show, the black quarterback show. And, uh, oh, yeah, a, yeah. Lot, yeah, a lot of the stuff you said, and we were all saying really went beyond just the quarterback. I mean, we were using that, as a point of departure to talk about freedom and oppression and racism, just use the quarterback as like a jumping off point. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me that you're now in a position once you put all the pieces together to really, to be a even more powerful voice. When you call the shots, you determine like how long, what format, who to talk to things that you possibly could not do. Mm-hmm where you were. Um, but I, I guess, and I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to get too far in the weeds because mm-hmm. you got mm-hmm. another thing to do, but I was stunned mm-hmm. that, that, you know, I was stunned, mm-hmm. but I've also learned, you know, we, we are joking that particularly black industry, you can never be stunned. I mean, uh, you know, you can never be stunned. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? And, but I will just tell you, I was like stunned. Were you stunned? Or did you see, did you kind of read the defense? You know, you, you read the formation and you saw what was coming. Mm-hmm. Because um, 
and, and I'll just say the industry, um, um, per my experience, um, particularly uh, as a black female who's been doing this for 20 years almost, um, it's not about talent and capability. It has nothing to do with that. And I've known that for years, just based on my own experience. So that doesn't shock me. And obviously I know the specifics of everything too. So that doesn't shock me as well, but it has nothing to do with talent. It has nothing to do with production. Literally has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with, um, you know, polit politics, preferences, um, filters, misconceptions, and even other things that would get in, you know, to, to, to specifics in here that I'm not, you know, going to get into. But what I will say is I do think it's very interesting that um, this uh, renaissance that we're in has highlighted so many of the things that I consistently said. <laughs> right. right. Well, and I, I just got to say, just having, you know, I've been, I've been in the locker room with you a few times and um, like I said, you know, I looked at you as a beast, like you are a beast at what you do. You know, I learned from you, uh -huh. um, you know, prof professionalism, fearlessness, assertiveness, uh -huh. um, quality <laughs> of the product. Um, so, you know, I, I just got to say, I, you know, I'll just say thank you, you know, just from just having been around you and watched you, watched how you work and the work that you do was an inspiration to me. So I'm sure it was an inspiration to many people. And, and, and you're someone who are, you know, there's no, there's some people you don't have to worry about. I, and right. I, I personally don't feel like I have to worry about. And then, you know, you're obviously one of those. Well, so, I would I mean, say, go ahead, please. And yeah, say. Piggybacking off of what Jamal said, I mean, I, I still remember the beginning of this past, the last season, you know, I saw you in the preseason in your fly boots, and yet, like, always looking amazing and on point with your information. And it's just, I'm like, okay, that is, um, that, this is how, it's a great template for me. Um, and I never had the pleasure of working with you at a locker room. And I'm just curious, like, I don't know if you, I, I'm listening to you and I'm gathering things. But if you have, I don't know, what, do you have advice for people coming up as well? Um, I'm hearing you about saying it's not always about talent and capability. In fact, that's usually not the issue. <laughs> not at all. It don't got nothing to do with that because um, I would say, you know, when you just survey who is in their seats and who gets what role and the more you're in the business and you really have uh, insight into the machinations of how things are working behind the scenes. You know, I was just on the, phone with somebody yesterday we were talking about you know somebody that used to work there and you know at, a, at another you know place as well and this person was telling me how this person got their job and how you know this person had a very you know powerful person that on almost each of her stops just picked up the phone and made a call <laughs> and that's why she was in that seat and that person not telling me that out of hate, she had intimate knowledge because she worked with that person. So she knows, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, damn, I ain't never had no career sugar daddy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, wow. You know what I'm saying? You know, and, and I'm not even just talking about it from that standpoint, you know, people have, right. you know, their 
preferences. And, and not only that, but people have their filters in terms of how they even see a person like me. Well, even before I open my mouth. Right. And that, and that impacts how things, you know, also, you know, <laughs> uh, 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 you know, get seen or, and all those other things that don't have nothing to do with nothing. Right. Really have nothing to do with nothing. Um, everything is about your work from a macro level and, you know, the counter to that, if, you know, you can try to get someone with the death of a thousand cuts and on a whole bunch of micro stuff that ain't got nothing to do with nothing. You know what I'm saying? And so, <laughs> and, and, and it's, and, and it's not, um, it's not new to me. Um, you know, I, I, obviously I'm an insider, have the access to get a lot of information. I'm very familiar with things people probably don't think I'm familiar with, but I, I, I'm not the first. And, um, you know, there are historical pivots that get made in order to massage and move on. I mean, I don't have to articulate anything. All you have to do is just turn on the TV and watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't got to say, just, just look, just look, you know what I'm saying? So, and I think a lot of that has starting to become more clear as other announcements are made and, you know, uh, uh, you know, so at the end of the day, um, I would say to you that almost kind of like what I've said to younger people than me over the duration of my career, getting back to what you asked me, which is that, and I, and I'm having, and I'm going through the process now of reminding myself of the things that I tell other people, which is what I already know because my career is basically an illumination of that whole ethos period, which is that you at the end of the day, have to give yourself your own yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, even the things that I'm in the midst of prayerfully working through now, and that's why I was late on the call. I had somebody that I'm on the phone with working on, you know, vision of things that I'm trying to do. And it's even a blessing that I met that person because I just got off the phone with him before I jumped on with y'all. I was like, I I know God put me in contact with you because... um, Damn. Uh, <laughs> <Bella said>. wow. <laughs> mm, interesting. Okay. Um, all right. All right. Uh, deal with that after this. Um, um, and that going back to giving yourself your own yes, um, you know, and, 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 and being in the generation that you're in now, you guys have, and we all have the ability to put ourselves on so much more than, what I had at the beginning of my career when we are more at the, we were beholden to, you know, people, you know, hiring us and things like that. I just think that it's really important to um, know what it is that you possess and know what is already the power that you have in your own hands. And real quickly, I'll just say to illustrate that a little bit real quick. And I don't remember the exact scripture and I don't mean to get super spiritual, but I just know that I I recently listened to a sermon where they were talking about a a figure in the Bible who had a rod in his hand. And, and, and the story was basically about, you know, man, I just have this rod in my hand. Is that going to be able, you know, to like, give me the power to defeat, you know, this enemy or what have you. And then but the but essentially what the story was saying is that the rod was so much more and the rod was within the person's grasp. So 
sometimes you lament what you don't have or the opportunities that you haven't experienced or the places that you haven't been. When, when what it's basically saying is when you take a step back and really take stock of the resources that you already have within your grasp um, and kind of get out of that bemoaning of whatever situation, you really realize what is already within your reach to create change on your own without anybody having to do anything for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Josie, we, we could spend another five hours on this, <laughs> and we probably will uh, <laughs> off camera. The, the interesting thing is, um, and again, we both have to, you know, we, but, you know, I was speaking to, um, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, you, yeah, you have to, <laughs> at black people, we, everybody knows that you got to walk <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah, I got the you. rod. The rod becomes like what do you call it? it also a tightrope. A tightrope. <laughs> you use a rod as a balancing thing. But you know, I was speaking to some um, uh, some ESPN people uh, yesterday, and I've never invited to these meetings at all. Mm-hmm. You know, but except now, every black person, every corporation has been invited to every single meeting to kind of like, what do we do? What do we do? But the I- irony is that. And before you, it was uh, Jamil. So you've had these two very strong black women who are no longer at this corporation. So, but you can't have it both ways. You can't hand ring and talk about, oh, we need people in the room and all that. And then, but then you look around and you say, well, is that what you really want? Or you want to say that you, that's what you want, but that's not really what you want. It's kind of like the song, uh, uh, Billy Holiday's uh, God Bless the Child. She says, you could help yourself, but don't take too much. And that's what people say. Oh, help yourself. Just don't take too much. Gets back to your thing of ownership. I would yeah. say, hear with your eyes and not with your ears. Mm. Right. Yeah. You just open your eyes. Everything is in front of you to answer your questions. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, so everything that you just said is everything, you know, that is, you know, Without being super direct, I just say in general, look with your hear with your eyes and not with your ears. Speak, speaking of this, before before uh, we let you go, mm-hmm. I got to ask about um, Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you're hearing all this stuff now of uh, teams saying, "Oh, we, you know, we're you're hearing the chatter now. Oh, we're interested. Oh, we're gonna work them out." Uh, do you buy that? I definitely do think that there's at least one, maybe two teams that at least I've talked to that um, if and when they get to these uh, workouts that would be interested in working him out. I know that for a fact because I've talked to them directly. I think the question as I um, discussed, you know, with them is confirming whether Kaepernick still wants to work out and play only because I know some of these conversations that occurred in trying to discern, um, you know, his availability and all these other things took place before the announcement that he had this big, you know, publishing deal with medium.com and some of these other things. Um, I personally don't have any information as to how much he's still, you know, working out. And then clearly, you know, what he, you know, looks like and all that other stuff. Um, I know that Kaepernick is a huge beneficiary of a lot of people speaking up on his behalf without him having to say a word. And and quite frankly, you know, and good for him as he should, you know, he has 
benefited greatly. I don't worry, you know, for Kaepernick in that sense. I think he's more than taken care of and as he should be, you know, in terms of, you know, the burdens that he has, um, you know, taken on with regards to being the face of this um, movement. Um, But with regards to whether he wants to play and whether he would be successful at uh, doing that, um, I I don't directly know that except for that there would be teams that would, you know, want to have him in the mix if he's uh, even maybe half or 65% of what he used to be. Which is still a change from what, from the past few years where they, where he had no offer. I mean, no, no teams were really making that, that decision. Well, I mean, you could maybe have a debate on what the situation was with Baltimore at mm-hmm. the time that certain comments were made. And if you remember um, and, and where that was going to go and other things that, could or may not could have happened, you know, with regards to him and what he was saying or not saying at the time or whatever. And they may listen to that and say certain things, but I know that I'm privy to certain discussions that they, you know, might know that I'm privy to, but um, all in all right now, I just think that there needs to be, um, you know, a public kind of reconfirmation on um, what his um, preparation level is have no idea, you know, right. what the routine regiment has been. I personally right. don't know that and uh, how much he still wants to. I mean, he has a lot going on for himself that he doesn't really have to if he doesn't want to. Right, 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 right. right. Uh, I, guess it's been, <laughs> I guess it's been the great Josina Anderson. Uh, this is one of those days, what you, what you don't hear is more powerful than what you heard. yeah uh, i mean um and like i said and i'll just wrap up by saying um you know i'm i'm you know thankful and and prayerful uh for being on one of the people on the frontier so to speak but it's not always being easy on the frontier you know because often those who are on the frontier have to catch bullets for others and um and that's okay, you know, because that also helped pave the way for me too with other people. You know, sometimes people forget that Pam Oliver was at ESPN. Yeah, I was just going to say Pam. Pam, I mean, every time that comes up, I think of Pam Oliver, who's like, like a warrior, you know. You know there, there have been people before me that have, you know, gone through things. So, um, you know, I have contributed my share and I'm just, you know, waiting to, um, you know, find out um you know, what's, uh, what God's whole plan is for me. And sometimes it comes quick and sometimes it doesn't. But in the meantime, you know, I will definitely keep showing that I can get to anybody at any time. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> anybody at any time. That's the great Josita. Anderson. <laughs> that's great. That should be that. That's going to be about, I get yeah. to anybody at any time. <laughs> right. That's right. And they that's know perfect. it and I know it. <laughs> that's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. Hey, my dear, you're, you're, you're the best. Well, probably one of the, one of the most versatile journalists I know. Uh, and uh, you got a lot more races to run. So, you know, uh, we will definitely be in the arena with you. Uh, thank you so much uh, mm-hmm. for, okay, we got to come back though. We have to have part two. Yeah, definitely. Yes, we'll start, we'll circle back. It will be here at a virtual Zoom screen near you. So, <laughs> that's right. We have a Zoom football season too. You know, with, you know dogs squeaking in the background, and, I, and I'll be here. 
and you know, and you know, I appreciate you, Bill. You know, you've um, you know, been there. You're definitely a beacon in everything that you have accomplished as well. I appreciate you know the support, the understanding, the depth of insight into you know what the experience is. Um, you know, like I said. You can't go through this and not think, you know, okay, well, I'm just waiting to see, you know, what God's purpose is, because he certainly has his timing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. But, you know, uh, well, there, there's there's a lot to say, but, uh, you know, just before we got on this call, I was talking to the Roden Fellows. In fact, you did a podcast. I think you did a podcast with some of the Roden Fellows, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're right, right, Aaron? You did a podcast with some of the Roden Fellows, the last class. And yeah, I, was on, I was on with a new class. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd asked them, who would they want to talk? We've had these informal chats. And I asked them, who do they want to, who would they love to have on an informal chat? They mentioned Pam and they mentioned you. And when I told them that I was getting ready to jump on the podcast with you, they were like really excited. And these were kids who were like 20 years old. Mm. So they know who you are. You know, they know what you've done. And you've made a very, I'm sure you know it, but just in case you didn't know it, uh, there are people who, uh, who admire you, who look up to you, uh, watching everything you do, how you handle your business, how you forge through, and that should keep you going because, you know, people are like looking at you, how are you going to deal with this? How are you going to, how are you going to get to the next level? You know, are you going to get to the next level? Climb Jacob and, I got people, and then I got people like Clarence retweeting every one of my tweets. He's like my own little private army. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God darn it, I'm put her on my timeline. Y'all gonna know. Do, 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 do. <laughs> so, you know, I, I definitely appreciate, uh, you know, my squad of people behind the scenes and a, a ton of, you know, uh, players, coaches, GMs, some, you know, some people you wouldn't even think have reached. Right. I mean, I don't even look like, I mean, that have reached out you know, and continue to reach out on a weekly basis of teams that have reached out and said, we will make sure that we give you people, you know what I'm saying? I just, you know, and it's just, honestly, that stuff like that does is heartened to me because it, you know, it is, um, it is a, is a testament and testimony to my 20 years in the game, you know, that, you know, no, uh, corporation edifice or whatever can alter because at the end of the day, you know, and that's what answering, you know, you, Aaron, is just that, you know, people see what you've done, you know. Right. right. So, but I appreciate y'all. Yeah, appreciate Thank you, y'all. my dear. Uh, yeah. uh, walk, walk the dog. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, because you messed my carpet yesterday. So, for sure. <laughs> I ain't uh, that. But I love you all. I really appreciate it. We love Thank you, you Josina. All right. You too. All right, dear. You take care. Thank all you, right. guys. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. All right. Bye. All right. <laughs> Once again, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible has over 180,000 book titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. For you, the listeners of the Bill Roden on Sports podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. We highly recommend that you check out the classic $40 Million Slaves, The Rise, Fall, and Redemption of the Black Athlete by the one and only William C. Roden. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on sports. Again, that's audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on sports for your free audiobook. Wow, the great Josina Anderson. Uh, great stuff. Um, so before we wrap up, Jamal, you got some, some breaking, some semi-breaking news right on the, on the HBCU front. 
Yeah, sem- semi-breaking news. Uh, McCore Maker, a five-star basketball recruit committed to Howard, an HBCU. He's the highest-ranked high school player to commit to an HBCU since uh, ESPN started their uh, recruiting database in 2007, probably beyond that. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see, you know, what if, if kids follow him, what kind of impact? Does it matter? You know, still the NCAA. Howard's in the NCAA. So right. <laughs> they'll, they'll still get paid from it. But um, <laughs> what do you think? Do you think that this is going to be a trend? Or do you think this is a... I think I think it could start a mini trend. I don't think I don't think uh, you know it's going you know HBCUs are going to dominate recruiting or anything. But I <laughs> but I right. think they might get you know they might get a handful of guys starting uh, starting with this one. And I think even that um, can go a long way. You know as far as as the athletic programs and and money towards their athletic programs. So I think it, I, I do think it's a big deal. Uh, but take, what do you think, Aaron? As a, as a Howard person. I think it's awesome. Like, I, I'm really surprised. So I remember when he, I believe he came to Howard during homecoming and he was that's, that's what did it right there. I know, that's what sold him. So what? <laughs> Dude, and then Howard does cancel its homecoming for this year, sadly, because of the pandemic. Uh, they have to. Yeah. Um, I know. Uh, um, yeah. yeah, no, I, I was actually surprised. I, I did not think we were going to get a top recruit and we did. And I'm very excited you know, I, I hope we make it good. I hope we can avoid some of the issues that, like, Kayla Newton experienced. Well, that's the whole thing. I wonder what Kayla Newton is saying. Right. <laughs> I'd right. love to get to him. <laughs> you know, let me tell you about Howard. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, he's going to get a great education if he's – not yeah. another thing, if he stays. Right. Yeah. I mean, if he stays, he's going to come out of there as a transformed young black man. He's going to, like, whoa. I yeah. had no idea. But he maybe start writing novels and stuff. And like saying, the hell, we're playing sports. You know what I mean? Right. There's a whole nother level to get to, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. And, it, and now I guess um, I was uh, talking to one of the former fellows and he was saying there's how it's going to be like have a hybrid. There will some people will be on campus. Some classes will be online. So it'll be, see how that goes. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see if sports are actually played or, co- you know, college basketball, especially uh, a school like Howard, whether they, whether they can pull it off. Right. Um, right. And see what the rest of the NCAA. Also, a, a quick shout out to uh, Maya Moore, who gave up her oh, yeah. 2019 season uh, to help Jonathan Irons overturn his conviction for burglary and assault. They had given him a 50 year sentence, uh, but he was freed from prison yesterday with Maya Moore's help. That's great. Um, so, I mean, that's I don't great. know what else you can say about that. I mean, that's. that's All you can say is. Uh... <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I see that. I mean, I feel like. Players get uh, the the male NBA players get props for wearing I can't breathe shirts and stuff, right. and that's important. But I'm like Maya Moore took she, her career she off. She did something, right? And she helped this man. Yeah, here. I mean, I've I've heard people compare it to Muhammad Ali and, and Kaepernick in terms of in terms of the uh, you know the level of uh, you know action that she took. Yeah, that's a major thing. In fact, I, I, I this is, as we speak about it, I realize that's something I should probably write about. Um, and I think that's probably my own role you know, as a recovering sexist, mm. uh, that when women do something that's powerful, there's a tendency, well, that was really nice. But we'll write about it, you know, write about it. Because that, like you said, Aaron, I mean, this was like, a, this was not a slogan. Right. You know, she said, no. I think women, I think black women tend to be like serious like that. No, I'm, 
I ain't wearing those. So I'm gonna actually stop I'm a, working. Yeah, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna focus. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do. You know. You know. And also, and also the WNBA. I think you know, part of it. People want to downplay it, like, oh, you know, she took a year off. It's just the WNBA, but she, you know, she's she's the best at what she does. Um, you know, who who? What other people who are at that level would would you know? And what it takes to get to that level, you have to be so committed and focused to get to that level, to, and just to be able to you know, find a, a, a bigger cause to become right. and, and apply that same focus. Lucky yeah. too, like to help someone actually get out, you know, his, his sentence was reduced. I forgot he did 22 years of, I think, of a 50-something year sentence. Like that doesn't happen all the time. Like right. that's right. amazing that she was able to do that successfully. Right. Uh, Aaron, in back of you, I thought I had this machine too, the silver. Is that a DVD and VHS machine? It is in fact, yes, it is. I've got, the same, I've got the same machine. Is it like, a, what is it, like Toshiba? It is a Toshiba. <laughs> I've, got the, I've got the same, no, I got the same, and it works. Does yours work? So it's not mine. So, and I have not used it. You stole it? You stole it? <laughs> <laughs> Jamal, she may hit your car. Uh-oh. <laughs> no, you yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> got to get, get Maya Moore to get you out of jail. I know, right? You're my roommate, so, yeah. Oh, okay. But no, but I've got one, too. It, and it works. I watch, I've got, because I've got all these VHS tapes, mm-hmm. in fact, uh, and, you know, which are just like really great to see, you know, back stuff I recorded back in like 1987, 88, you know, uh, when I had hair. Yeah. I hair. Well, I had more hair. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, so listen, uh, that was a great. Uh, yes. Yes. Oh, I, I just want to say something about the bubbles real quick. So. Um, so I think the NBA is probably. I don't know about this, but you guys think, I think they might be a little nervous because uh, Major League Soccer also has its bubble in Orlando and a couple of players tested positive in the bubble. Oh, wow. Uh, really? So, yeah. So, I think that's a little bit worrisome. So, I'm sure, you know, the NBA and the, uh, the Players Association is kind of like, you know, they're already, I think, probably worried about how to keep everybody safe and everything. Yeah, not to mention all the people that are going to sneak in. Yeah, in Florida. In Florida, yeah. yeah in Florida, right. I mean, Florida, Florida, Florida is getting New York numbers now. Yeah. You know, they're getting over, that's what, that, New York, the height of New York, the New York pandemic was, was about 10,500 people on any given day. Mm. And Florida is now in the 10,000s. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just thinking, why don't they just, you know, I guess this is such a money grab. Why just, just write off the season and say, listen, let's, let's just write it off and we'll, we'll, Let's try it again in January or whatever. Let's just ride this out. You know, everybody gets paid. And let's just, you know, everybody go back to, go back to Alabama. Go back to Mississippi. Just go back. Just write it off. What do you think? You know, it's, it's uh, the people, the people need it. You know, it's, it's the morale. We need, we need sports. That's what they're saying. And I suspect some players really want to play. I know there are definitely people, obviously people are being vocal about not wanting to. Um, you know, I think it's, I think there should be an expectation that some players are going to get it. Like yeah, I just, right, right. Like, I think you have to be prepared for that. Um, but I will add this. But do you want to be that person? No. And how many players? How many players, right. But I, I want to also add this about the, the, the bubbles. So WNBA is also having a bubble in Florida. And apparently, not surprising, their, um, their amenities are very different from the NBA bubble. 
like the the thing is you know it's still coming out what is gonna what's allowed for them but it's it's, it's nothing like what the men get then a paper thin bubble like <laughs> <laughs> when the wind blows and be kind of like that like one of those paper tents whoa whoa grab it have to pull it back down <laughs> yes. Keep an eye on that bubble. <laughs> oh, God. All right, everybody. Hey, listen, this has been great. Uh, Jamal Murphy, uh, Don Brooks. Sorry about the car, man. That's, are you, are you going to rent a car? Yeah, we uh, we we got a rental. I might still go to Connecticut tomorrow. So Yeah, I mean, don't, don't, let, don't let that clan. Then, you know, you got insurance. So, yeah. you know, let, get a new thing. But that's, that's awful. And then, you know, just know that the person who hits you, yeah. karma, will... I mean, how, how unlucky is that? I'm like, why me? You know, why my car did you have to hit? Right. right. Anybody's car. Right. I guess it happens. I guess that's, you know. Yeah. Well, you know. But yeah, man, but enjoy. You know, you got to, you know, get to rent a car. Yeah. You know, have a nice time. Have a great time. You know, uh, and uh, you and you can have a rent a car, man. You can just be that's dry true. with reckless abandon. <laughs> good, good point, Bill. I think I, think I like that. <laughs> that's why, yeah, trust me. I've driven cross country about three times renting cars. Uh, got back and they're, they're nice, you know, but turn them in, you know, this is, I'll never buy a rent a car. You know how they say, I'll, I'll, I'll never buy a rent a car. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's not funny. All right, guys. So listen, uh, Aaron, it's great seeing you again, as always. Hi. The great Aaron Matthewson of. <laughs> 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 Exactly. Uh, Jamal Murphy of... uh... (laughs) Okay, guys. All right. So, uh, you know, see you uh, next weekend. All right. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.